Talo falava, fakalofalahiatu, kiorana, and warm Pacific greetings to all of you beautiful viewers. You are watching the Pacific Health Talano Show with Lorenzo and myself, Susana. Today is Thursday, the 23rd of September, and you know what that means when it's Thursday. Our Renzo is over at PMN Samoa, which is literally a stone throw away from here. The Pacific Business Hub, which I'm so fortunate to return to in Level 3. Now, just a few quick uh, notices before we kick off our Talanoa. If you're someone like me and you're not yet fully vaccinated, the Nguyen and Cook Island community have launched their vaccination drive through centres um, starting from today until this Saturday. The Nguyen Vaccination drive through Centre is located at 15 Robertson Road, Favona in Mangare, and the Kuki Airani Vaccination drive through is located at 7 Atil Place, also in Mangare. Now, joining me on the show is Jephta Ko. Jephta started out as a leader and mentor for young people at the Old Clendon 454 Youth Services in Manurewa, South Auckland. Everyone hard, and from there grew as an advocate for the youth and community development space for over 12 years. While also being an underground activist, he, Jephta is an experienced performing artist, actor, a key connector, and networker to many community initiatives. A son of the Efakasa Church and a son of South Auckland, Jephthah is now temporarily based in Waikato, Waikato, where he is studying law. Hello, Falava Jephthah. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. No worries. Now, Jephthah, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, uh, I am... New Zealand-born Samoan. I'm also part German and Tuvaluan. Oldest of four kids, and um, yeah, born and bred in Manuelo, South Auckland. Unfortunately, we stay in Flatbush now because of the housing crisis. But all right. Uh, yeah, so uh, went to Alfriston College, did my studies there, did my you know starting out at Clean Four Five Four Youth Services. Started off as a volunteer, became a mentor, did a lot of other stuff, launching the youth council, but going in and out, doing a lot of stuff, and um, yeah, so. Yeah, I'm just another typical South Auckland boy, uh, just trying to, you know, uh, continue on the journey that my parents have started for myself and respectfully other island parents that have came from the islands and paved the way for us. So just doing my part in the community like everyone else. So that's a bit about me and uh, I think I'll probably elaborate more. Uh, <laughs> all good, all good. So Jephthah, you know, what inspired you to get into youth? Uh... Well, if I have to be honest, uh, just struggling. Um, nobody like nobody likes struggling, but you know, uh, when you go through that experience, you know, like everybody else, seeing people you love, like your dad, working some, some pretty hard jobs, and your mom trying to hustle, so you get sick and tired of it. And then when you want to be successful without that much exposure to like the workforce and stuff, uh, you do realize you want to help other people, so at the same time so that's kind of the the segue they went to mentoring young people it wasn't really my idea to go for it because young people kind of uh, not really my forte but realizing that they're kind of the the future to help their families so i'm like cool so that's how i kind of got into volunteering first and then i ended up being a mentor uh through some mentors of mine who've kind of allowed me to share that uh, method as well nice um i i, I like 
that you pointed out about the struggles, especially as New Zealand-born um, Pacific mm -hmm. Islanders, we witnessed a lot of our parents waking up early in the morning to go work and adjusting to the lifestyle here in New Zealand, which um, has, an, has an impression on us. A, um, I feel that um, it's really up to our generation to try and you know, no, be grateful for their sacrifices and their hard work. But, um, you know, Jeff, besides youth mentoring, social activism is something that you are very passionate about. So can you share with us um, which social issue caught your attention to lead you into standing up against injustice? Hmm, social issue. Um... Uh, like if I have to be real honest, like if I was to like really dive back to when I was 17, there really wasn't a particular issue that I focused on. Like I know people, I mean, poverty would be a big one. Mm. Um, I think poverty, um, you know, uh, you know, poverty as a consequence for certain actions. Like we, we, we make our own decisions to do things to get in life, but we got, we kind of, don't realize that there's a lot of larger social forces that influence them too and they also restrict us as well like I'm, i mean there's different groups uh like solidarity groups like this part for wanting to do like self-determination uh, from some very violent occupations from the indonesian government and stuff like that mm. and it's no different to what happened back in samoa in the 1900s going through three two different administrations no different to Aotearoa here as well through colonization and then the absence of the treaty. So a lot of those things have been interrelated. But uh, if I can answer your question, not really a particular social issue, but I'd say poverty was the biggest one that has made me realize um, uh, moving more, I think more poverty slash kind of civil rights. Because after learning about civil rights, about the Polynesian Panthers when, and the Black Panthers and that, that kind of like, hey, like, this is what we're going through. And even after all these years, this is still what we're going through and we're expected to just not do anything about it, you know? So um, that's to answer your question more around poverty and civil rights. Hmm. I, I like, um, Jephtha, that you brought up um, the Polynesian Panthers, you know, with the recent Dawn Raid apology. What did you make of that? Um, did you feel that an apology was enough or is there something that we should do to... Um, continue on um, informing the next generation about the impacts that the dawn rates have? Like, what is your take on that? I mean, to be clear, man, uh, on my mind, uh, an apology is never enough. Right. Know? I think whilst uh, my stance on it is not real, I'm not really with it at the moment, but it was beautiful to see some of our people get some closure out of it. Mm. And... Uh, Sometimes you just got to realize some people, like for us, we weren't the ones who went through all that. Um, um, and, you know, we just had the Royal Commission of Inquiry that was inquiring in some of these stories about police invading the wrong people, even invading, um, um, uh, you know, people who were citizens at the time. And, you know, you can never really go through an apology for that before people who appreciated that and accepted it. Uh, whilst I'm not really at that level yet, but I got to understand that this is the their kind of story and their narrative and wanting to get some closure. So I think it's great. To answer the question a bit more 
bit I'd still to put that as a note about where I stand with it in terms of where I feel I think the biggest thing that could ever reform any kind of harm is that when you transform circumstances mm. so for me and I'm gonna be honest man um and I, I I'm, I represent my own self and my own grassroots voice on the ground. For an apology to, I mean, not an apology, but if you really want to reform things that really have harmed people, you need mm-hmm. to transform the living conditions from people that have been consequent from those events that have infiltrated not only that generation, but even to this day. So for me, I'm more of an active person, to, uh, um, you know, method-wise to shift things where we don't, have to be competitive looking for social housing for people who genuinely can't find like good work to support themselves and are forced to go to housing museum and to make sure that the housing market is able to give those basic necessities um so we've got some good um like restorative justice practices to help with food drives and stuff but the fundamental roots of certain issues like even getting a home Mm. is still an issue and that kind of undermines the apology if you yes if so there are two different things. Uh, I'm sorry if it's a bit confusing, but I, I appreciate the apology. But at the same time, we need to do better getting our people in better living conditions. Uh, thank you, Jephthah, for your honesty. Um, you know, you talk about struggle, you talk about poverty. And I think it's so relevant, especially with Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, mm. You know, that's coming up next week. And, you know, at the Pacific Health Talanoa, we've come across so many... <sighs> distressing stories um, endured by a Pacific community. And so I feel, you know, as someone that advocates for mental well-being, you know, Jephthah, are you able to share with us one of your biggest personal challenges and how did you manage to overcome it? <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you this. Um, I think I'm blessed uh, that I never really had any mental health challenges. Um, you got to remember, and I think we're, you know, we're kind of same age, 19, but we're, we're, um, you know, back then, I don't know your experiences on your end, mental health didn't really exist in our end, like you literally mm. had to harden up or, and sometimes your parents will just expect you to like stop making excuses and stuff and go to school, go do this. Were there strains on my mental health? Absolutely, like everybody else, but I think for me, uh, it was just the poverty and the struggling that just I was getting sick of. But I did enjoy my childhood growing up, and I did uh, find great challenges. My only challenges mentally was just just being around the wrong crowds in certain areas growing up. Because in real world, you know, it's not really that far. Um, but my, I think for me personally now, when I look back at it, it's not realizing that it existed. So even though I was good but I wasn't as considerate of like maybe, you know, one of my siblings, one of my cousins, uh, uncles and aunties, especially at a time when mental health wasn't a narrative. So if anything, I'm just thankful now that the overcoming um, solution to that is that mental health is now a big thing. It's celebrated through a month and it's uh, huge in like the government's budget and uh, other initiatives around. So that's probably the, the blessing that I think that has come out of it for people who don't, I mean, for people who do have mental health. Thanks, Jephthah. Um, I, I still want to you know, touch on mental health. Um, you know, while we're, t- while we're on the subject, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's something that's still quite taboo in a Pacific community. But I personally feel that Pacific women are starting, um, you know, to open up more, to be more vulnerable, 
walk in their truth, uh, whereas our Pacific men, they're not at that level yet. So in your opinion, what can we do to support our Pacific men who are struggling to open up about their mental, mental well-being? Yeah. Um, I think just need more male role models, to be honest. Um, like, I was surrounded by some real interesting guys, man. Some guys that just shouldn't have been in my life, but thank you, Lord, for, for bringing them in for, for character development. <laughs> but um, I think male role models, just because um, I think right now there's a big, um, like, I've, I've had to learn the hard way to learn to be more respectful to women myself, like, even small things, like not swearing in front of them and being more. Uh, appropriate with them you know and um, for me I got that from my own mentor who was very good with his wife long term and all that shout out to Joe Collins um, but um, yeah so for me I've noticed now there's a group here shout out to a new life who are a group of young boys here in Waikato and they're you know their their role as is to kind of transform young men that when they leave the club they're better fathers better husbands better brothers uh, nephews etc and I think the whole idea is just holding each other accountable um, we can hold each other accountable but not to the great degree that we should be and part of it is quite limited because of the bro code and some of us like myself you know, who don't like to fling around, sleep around, like with women and stuff. Um, and it, 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 a lot of guys do have those tendencies and it takes a better community of role models to build that so that when they can have the choice to get in certain, uh, to a particular season in their life, they can then kind of um, broaden the scope of that kind of influence to other brothers. It's not great, but we've already made a good start. Uh, shout out to the Brothers Keepers. <laughs> Facebook group chat. Awesome. Thanks, Jephthah. And shout out to Brothers Keepers as well. Um, what other movements are you currently involved in? Uh, yes. So um, first off, movement for, for the Lord, man. Uh, Jesus Christ, my Savior. Just trying to do my part as a Christian. That's the first and foremost. Um, uh, a new life, like I said, a young uh, uh, boys club uh, over here. Uh, I I'm quite unofficially involved in a lot of things, a few things. So uh, there's, you know, the Law Association here, which I give my time to help out. I mentor some of the young girls here as well who are doing some stuff here. Um, on top of that, from the White Cuts, who, um, uh, I'm getting involved, networking with different groups. We're running a Ranatahi Youth Summit. Uh, obviously, COVID uh, stopped that. So we're waiting to get together around that. So there's not necessarily a particular um organization but they are through relationships where they have allowed us to come on and they like the idea that oh so you're not part of a group but you're wanting to get involved so they've been doing that as well i'm also part of the west papua Aotearoa action group so solidarity group having good talks with uh, uh nanai mahuta as the head of um, ministry of foreign affairs to kind of have some kind of mediation about the atrocities that's happening in uh West Papua currently. So if you can keep Victor Yemu in your prayers, because uh, he's just been taken to hospital after being beaten up or whatever happened to him in jail. So I just had to be honest about that. So those are the kind of movements that I've been um, involved in from the top of my head. And I'm also part of a future youth community trust, which um, is a team of us from back in South Auckland that we're still carrying on despite our locations in Waikato. Wow, you are so busy, Jeff. Um 
yeah, like social activism, youth mentoring. I mean, um, you know, and you're currently studying law at Waikato University. So, you know, once you graduate and you come away with your law degree, where do you, what kind of role do you see yourself um, moving into just looking ahead in the future? Like, like do you want to be a lawyer or human rights act- activist? Like, share with us your future plans. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I'll, I'll definitely uh, love to be a lawyer. I have a, 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 a an ultimate goal and um, I, I'm going to apologize very respectfully. I'm not going to share it just because I feel like it's something I don't really feel comfortable sharing to a lot of other people. And I'm an extroverted extrovert. And just because, you know, there are people with ulterior motives that I don't really want them to know. But mm-hmm. one thing I can say, being a, a lawyer, definitely to help with my advocacy uh, with, um, um, with the community work that I'm doing as well, trying to get more young people to get involved in law, and especially those who are not really exposed to those different kind of avenues. And um, I definitely want to help build the, and, and contribute to spreading a more brown voice within that legal space. Because, uh, you know, one of the biggest things in the Royal uh, Commission of Inquiry about the abuse to care was that a lot of the, the, the abuse and care was because of the lack of brown advocates in the space. Uh, so that's something I'd love to contribute my time to uh, post uh, study, as well as paying off those hefty student loans. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, just continue doing a few other things of volunteering as well as my church. Awesome. Thanks, Jephthah. So um, we're almost, um, you know, finishing up with Deltala Noah. But what message do you have for people who are struggling at the moment, especially with this current pandemic? Um, I mean, I think for me personally, um, my my own experience revolves around, uh, like I'm, I'm good when I'm by myself. I spent three weeks on my own phone because I didn't have a device to do my assignments during lockdown. Uh, but um, I think just learning to appreciate and being secure in yourself. At the end of the day, nobody's gonna have your back more than yourself. And I think you gotta really be strong enough to be in good spaces where you can be yourself and still be that in very vulnerable spaces and even spaces around. And uh, I think the most underrated uh, voice that's always like that as women and i think us men need to be more we just we just need to do better to to advocate better for them especially in a system that's automatically against them uh, and i can testify that watching my mom as a passive woman working in finance um especially a white space so for me just being uh, being true to yourself really being secure in yourself and then not being afraid to do the right thing when nobody else is uh doing it but that comes down from you being really true and securing yourself um so healing that's probably the best thing i could say um i've never really went through that myself but one thing that i love is that i'm, I'm good being me and i think that's what people need to do as well as much as they think they do but they need to keep working on that and, and i'll be praying as well to, to to help them with that except for queensland supporting <laughs> Thank you so much, Jephta. That was really beautiful. Um, you know, as I always say, when I'm um, on the show with Lorenzo, it's so important to believe in yourself. So I, I'm 
I'm really happy that um that the message that you've shared to our viewers is yeah to, to be true to yourself. Um, but anyways, thank you so much for joining me on the Pacific Health Teller North Show, ladies and gentlemen. That was Jeff Deco. He is a youth mentor, social activist, and a law student at Waikato University. Mao, mao, mao. Thank you. Thank you.